Hey, welcome to Superpower Punch. It's Tassin and my co-host. Vincent. Where we spotlight underappreciated. Unknown. And undeniably. Awesome. Characters. On today's episode, we're going to be spotlighting Luke Cage. He's underappreciated because when you look at the Marvel Knights lineup, he's always the least to get picked. It's usually Daredevil, Jessica, Moon Knight, She-Hulk. But Luke Cage is there for a reason. He's unknown because if you don't think about Black Panther or even if you might know Falcon, a lot of people don't really know Luke Cage that i think part of the reason is because he's a he's a marvel knight who's a street level character he's not he's not he's not black panther he's not sam wilson falcon so like he's not he's not an avenger for the most part so we're gonna get to see him a lot and a lot of the public doesn't necessarily know him too well because of that and he's undeniably awesome because his power set is spectacular nobody i also think his attitude is just great too he has a fun loving personality he's smart he's funny he enjoys life and he's undeniable yeah i i think that the smart part is something that we don't actually get to like i think that that's something a lot of like luke cage fans don't really get um that like luke cage is a he's a smart cookie um especially in his earlier one runs which we're going to talk about today in the earlier heroes for hires book where Luke Cage is basically like a, a private investigator, kind of. And with him debuting in the 70s during the Black Exploitation era, with movies like, you know, Shaft and Cleopatra Jones and Blackula, he debuted at a time where representation for Black people was very prominent. They had different things about them, whether they were showing that they were vampires or pimps or detectives or cops. They had a variety of characters. So for comics to show a superhero that represented that, is something special him being the first african-american superhero to get his own solo series yeah i think that that's what differentiates him a lot from sam wilson because when it comes to sam wilson it's like you think you think the falcon you think like captain america you think you think luke cage luke cage can stand by himself but you also might think iron fist as kind of like like it's luke cage first and then it's iron fist it's not like iron fist then luke cage Luke Cage is very much kind of a a character who stands by himself. Unlike, I mean, Sam Wilson definitely does, but I feel like a lot of people don't, they connect him with other characters while Luke Cage can be by himself as well. I think he can carry his own solo series. Given the right storylines, given the right supporting characters, Luke can support his own series. But today we're going to be talking about his origin story in the Heroes for Hire book. Luke Cage, Heroes for, for Hire, Issue one uh, that came out in 1972. Okay. So yeah, right, right smack in that black exploitation era. Yeah. So Luke, Luke Cage, like yeah, he was, I think, like a like a very petty criminal. I like, guess more more of just like <laughs> you live in New York. It's like kind of it's kind of freaking rough out there, man. So Luke, Luke Cage, like, kind of did what he had to do to survive. But when he went to prison or jail, I don't remember <laughs> he went to when he went to when he was in prison. It was for something he didn't do. It was for a crime he didn't commit. So that's a real incident, especially when you look at the Central Park Five and how they were accused of things they didn't do. You see that in real history. So for Luke's character to go through that as a superhero to show that he can rise above that showed how undeniably awesome he is. Yeah, so you basically got it right. Like, you know, we, we saw Luke Cage's life in prison. You know, man, prison's hard. Okay. But like one thing was interesting, again, like, like showing off Luke's intelligence. Like in prison... 
like Luke was like studying law and whatnot. They talk about that later on in the Heroes for Hire series that like while Luke was in prison, he was still trying to better himself and like get to be more intelligent, which I think speaks again a lot to his character. And it just shows how different people, especially with black men, black women, but definitely what starting off just talking about black men superheroes, it shows that there's a variety. Their brains are very different. They're all intelligent, they're all awesome, but they show a different kind of intelligence from each character. Like Black, like Black Panther definitely has the um, very scientific kind of brain. I'm not sure how how like smart Black Panther is when it comes to the street smarts, though, and that's where Luke Cage excels at. Exactly, understanding your surroundings, understanding everything isn't just about biology and scientists and chemistry. He's very much to the book of how to take care of yourself. So. Dr. Bernstein. And then, like, Dr. Bernstein, like, uh, they made it very clear in the comic book that he was very much, like, on the level. Like, this this was him trying to, like, he, he understood that Luke was was not there because he did something wrong. And this was his way of trying to, like, do right by him. But then the villainous character, like, the villainous guard, uh, Rackham. Rackham. Uh, yeah, Rackham. He, uh, he messes with the, uh, he he messes with the device and that's what actually that's what actually gives Luke Cage like the powers like it was Rackham like actually trying to kill Luke Cage using the device which actually um gave Luke Cage his powers yeah so like once uh once once Luke gets his powers he escapes prison and then well you know now now he's got to do something man's got to man's got to work yeah so uh like what like let's just uh, a little little bit about the experiment so they they retroactively did this kind of thing. They in the comic book and Heroes Fire book itself, they say that this was like a Tony Stark funded experiment, which is like one of the few links early on to the Heroes for Hire book we have to the wider Marvel universe. But later on, we realized that this experiment was one another one of the whole like we want to make a new super soldier kind of thing. So that's like one part of it. And two, if you've heard of Weapon X, like the thing that made Wolverine. This was X meaning 10. This was weapon uh, V1, which is six. So this is weapon six part of the program, which is kind of interesting. That was retroactively though. They, 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 that was uh, something they, they put in like years later. Um, yeah, but originally this was a Tony Stark funded project. That's what we knew in the Heroes for Hire book. Yeah, so Luke has that bulletproof skin, that unbreakable skin. He's got the super strength. That's kind of it. I wouldn't say it's like not a great power set. I would say it's simplistic and it gets the job done though. Like with with just the super strength and like the um the, their bullet and vulnerability, yeah. Luke gets work done, man. He gets stuff done. Like he pretty much beats people to a pulp. He can go toe to toe with Doctor Doom. Yeah, no. Um, and like part part of the reason I I think Luke Cage works so well is that yes, he has the super strength. And like the thing with like a lot of characters with super strength is that like they're not that smart. <laughs> like exactly. yeah, like, most versions of the Hulk not that smart. Thor not exactly. that smart. Like Luke Cage, he's a street fighter and whatnot, so he can use the super strength and also use his own like little cunning stuff to be able to outwit his opponents and then hit you with that that superpower right punch to your jaw, man. And that's, <laughs> that's what he does. So uh, let's talk about like once once he left the the prison. Yeah, Luke wants to. He needs to find some kind of work. And you know what, man? It's hard getting a job as an ex-con. So I love it. 
that like Luke Cage, especially like you know that that early Power Man, that silly bloody costume. Yeah, no, he goes to a magic shop and buys that. Like that's <laughs> that was that was something. I was on a costume he designed. He bought the costume in in the seventies. In the and like when he gets the costume, Luke is like, "This costume's kind of whack, bro." Like he he like he does not like the costume. He still wears it and whatnot, but I think it's just really funny. Exactly. So it really just shows how, like, the comics were self-aware of how goofy suits were. Because you just look at a lot of costumes back in those times, and they just weren't that practical or looked that aesthetically appeasing, appealing. Yeah, so what, once he once he gets the costume, the, the job that he, he gets for himself is he is, he opens up. The first hero is for hire. Like, he one, he is a good person. And like, and especially in these, some of these issues of purists for hire, Luke Cage, yeah, he is concerned about money, but he's not greedy. He's, he, he wants to get paid for the services he does, but he's not trying to extort people and he's not trying to get more than what he deserves. Like in some of the issues, like Luke kind of messes up and he doesn't think he does, he didn't think he deserved the money. So he just like foregoes getting the payment altogether. Or if you look at it in Black Panther's case, he does it to protect his country. He but also for... doesn't need the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> he's filthy rich. He has trillions of dollars. So definitely when you look at characters like Black Panther and Falcon, they definitely differ from Luke Cage and will also spell out other characters of what his motivation is as a hero. And honestly, being a Black man in America who was experimenting on, like kind of like we've seen in real life with the Tuskegee experiment and being in prison, he wants a little bit of residuals and a little bit of finances for his, his, his time and his trouble. So you can't really blame a hero like him for that. But Luke Cage, he's not always he's not always a hero for hire, which which again shows this was this was for survival. He was not trying to do this because like, oh, man, I just want to get all the money. No, he was doing this because that's what he did to survive. So like uh, years later, we'll talk about this again, like later on when he's an Avenger. He's not doing this to get paid. He's has like he has a stable job now. He doesn't need to get like he doesn't have to do like the the hero's fire work on the side now. No, he just gets gets to have like a, a livable wage there. Exactly. So it just shows how much different you know his mindset changes as he matures and grows older and sees like how a lot of black men have to survive. He doesn't have to do that anymore because he has success and he understands like my co-host Vincent said like he has a nice paying jobs so or why do i have to really just try to be a hero for hire i can be my own hero and actually just save the world because i do enjoy it so but i, th- I think i think one issue we gotta talk about when it comes to luke cage and his money so, pick it back so in issue eight of cure for hire luke cage is tired from like some kind of shady people he doesn't really know who he's working for he does the job and then it's revealed at the end of the issue that he was working for Dr. Doom. And Luke Cage is like, well, that I mean that's not that's not great. But the thing that really gets the thing that really gets him is that like one, like Doom was asking for something, like it was kind of not on the level, but it wasn't like super messed up. Um, but Doom did not pay my man. <laughs> doom was like yeah if i don't have to pay you i'm not gonna pay you so doom just does not pay luke cage and luke cage is like that's not gonna stand so in here for hire issue issue nine luke cage busts 
into the Fantastic Four. He just goes right into the Baxter building. He takes on the Fantastic Four and is like, Reed Richards, get me a spaceship. I got to go get my money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, let's just break this down. This is, this is, because this is just crazy. Yes. So one, this is like one of the, like, so this is issue nine of, of the, of the series. Luke Cage has not really been like teaming up with other characters in the Marvel universe. In that first issue, we had that reference to Tony Stark, but that's it. Like all this other like issues, like what is that? One to one to six, all original content. We're not seeing any kind of like real connection in the Marvel universe. So issue seven and eight is where, um, is where we're seeing him like interact with el other elements of the Marvel universe and specifically the Fantastic Four here. So I think that's just kind of interesting already. But yeah, so we bust into the Baxter building. He takes on, he takes on the entirety of, well, he takes on like, like three. I don't think Johnny was there, but he fights the Fantastic Four. And like, they're kind of just like, wait, what's going on? Like, they're, they're not like really like fighting out because they don't really understand what's going on. And then when Luke Cage is like, yeah, I need, I need a rocket. Like Reed Richards is like, I mean, like Dr. Jim is really tough, man. Can you handle that? <laughs> Luke Cage is like, I need my money. And the thing is, like, that's, uh, I mean, it's $200. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, is it really worth it? Luke Cage is like, yeah, it is. So Luke Cage, man, goes all the way to Latveria, uh, becomes part of a Latverian revolution. He goes and fights Dr. Doom. He realizes like, the Latverian revolutionaries they're also not on the level. Luke Cage is kind of like, uh, he stops Latverians from taking over, like Latverian revolutionaries from taking over, um, like Latverian from Dr. Doom. He, he basically like kind of saves Dr. Doom. And then Doctor, he's like, yo, Dr. Doom, where's my money? <laughs> and, and Doom's like, it was $200. And, and Luke Cage, I mean, like, yeah, it was, give it to me. And Dr. Doom's like, like Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, this super villain who has the biggest god complex of all time, the yes. man who goes toe to toe with Reed exactly. Richards and the Fantastic Four is like yes. respect, bro. Two hundred dollars, man. Luke Cage gets his money. <laughs> if you're only gonna read like one of these older kind of Luke Cage books, curious for higher issue issue nine is just really, really funny and 100% worth the time. That's true fact of how it shows how undeniably funny and epic and awesome his character is. When you look at him compared to other heroes, he wants his money. Like, it's just, he's just that type of character. He's just not going to play about his money. And it's not, it's 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 because, like, Luke Cage did the job. He did the job that he was paid to do. Where's the money? It's not. It's not because like Luke Cage is just like no. I just uh, is this greedy? No, he 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 did the job successfully and wants payment for for doing it. You don't go to a restaurant and just be like I pay. I want. I ate all the food. I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna dine dash. No man, you gotta pay for that. So for another issue, I would say uh, City Muerte does put like Luke Cage like one of my one of my favorite kind of situations we've had him in these earlier books where he puts Luke in a classic. Super villain trap, real simple, real simple. Luke is chained down in an area and it is slowly flooding and not slowly, it's like flooding like kind of quickly. And Luke will die if he just like, uh, if he doesn't do anything. 
and the chains is like super tough. That's it. And and in this in that kind of trap thing, we get to see like Luke really show off his intelligence there, like trying to be able to like just break the chain because it's not like it isn't just like oh I got super strength, I just break the chain just real quick. No, he actually has to like think about it, and we get to see again like his brain brains in that kind of trap, like getting out of the trap. That was really fun to see. Exactly, and I think with a crazy character that's wacky and quirky, they kind of come across like, you know, really simplistic. All right. And like the thing thing about like this kind of villain is that like, if you if you use Senor Muerte like nowadays, you'd probably want to put him in like a Deadpool book. Senor Muerte, like that, that's, a, that's like a very Deadpool kind of character. Exactly. But here in mm-hmm. the 70s, like Senor Muerte was a serious film. He was not a joke. This was, exactly. this was a serious character we're supposed to be scared of who you would put on top two of dr doom or <laughs> thanos or you know or red skull like he's one of those villains which is crazy when you look at the comic book heroes now and serious versus back then we look at a character like him and he's just a goofy just nothing villain yeah it's it was not not great and like yeah like like when luke page is actually like finally able to like take him out yeah it doesn't like when actually like gets in a in a fight, like after after seeing like oh you're like a one trick pony, you shoot like laser or something, that's kind of it. Like Luke is easily able to overpower him. The only reason Stimorke was like able to like get like a decent fight in was like he leads Luke Cage to like a whole like trap area where he has like all of these different traps that's like able to like kind of like slow Luke down. Like once it's finally down to like a 1v1, you have no ability to like use any of your traps. Like, yeah, Luke, Luke makes quick work of him. Which then brings us to villains like Diamondback. Yeah, so yeah, Diamondback is, yeah, like that, I think that was like, the first villain that Luke hates like actually fights in the comic book, like the first like kind of super villain he fights. And this is, it's, it's kind of an interesting character because Diamondback is a character that Luke like grew up with on the streets and whatnot. Like this was Luke's, this is basically like Luke's partner and there is an emotional aspect to that which makes the character which makes the issues where Diamondback is in like resonate from an emotional perspective but Diamondback's really freaking lame <laughs> exactly he's really lame he is a guy that uses knives I'm really good at knives Luke I got like unbreakable skin and that's it like um exactly. you actually read the issues I think it's like issue two or three it's cool because you have like this whole like Luke not wanting to fight Diamondback and stuff like that. And Diamondback like not being like super stupid. It's actually kind of like a in a battle of wits again. But when it comes down to it, Diamondback is a fool what used knives and Luke Cage's fool that don't, don't get stabbed by knives. It's not 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 actually a very interesting character. I mean Falcon becomes Captain. I mean, well, like you you kinda kinda said it right there, because Falcon, Falcon's Rogue's gallery. Is Captain America's rogues gallery? So you have access to like some of the some of the best villains in Marvel. He doesn't have that level of character. He does have more street level villains, which kind of brings more goofiness to the villains. All right, and and on like a goofy kind of villain, which I think d- does does work, is is Lion Fang. So Lion Fang, like wh- where 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 Senor Morte is just like just completely just like silly as a stupid character. Lion Fang is like silly. You're kind of like you are like legit a threat though. So like Lion Fang, his whole thing is that he is but like educating these wild like cats of prey, like like lions and tigers and whatnot. And like I don't know if you guys know this, but like tigers and lions are scary. 
<laughs> that is that is a threat to the average kind of person. And I love how Lion Fang, like how we see like his his big cats or how he calls them his students interact with Luke Cage. Like there's like we got like these freaking lion attacks and whatnot. I can't really call the Avengers. I want to deal with Luke's like you should just call the Avengers. Like you could you can deal like they would this seems like a job for them. And Luke's like, oh yeah, but you you don't get to tell the Avengers what to do. You do get to tell me what to do. I fine, I guess. Luke is kind of like strapped for money at that point, so he does take the take the offer. It's like as soon as Luke hears about, as soon as Luke hears about like these these animal attacks, Luke is just walking through broad freaking daylight. He's walking and gets attacked by like a lion, a tiger, and a bloody panther. And they're they like just like out of nowhere. Luke just gets attacked by these these, these giant cats. And he, he's like he's fighting him off and whatnot, but like. It's crazy because it's out of nowhere. So Luke is unprepared for this. He fights him off. Um, he survives the encounter, but then he, when he was attacked with his lines and stuff, and then two, they're poisoned. They, 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 they poison him. So Luke, like all these, all the citizens, like yo, Luke Cage, you, you need some help, bro. And Luke's like, nah, I, I, I got it. And then Luke just like passes out. He like walks. He's able to. He's able to walk to um, like Doctor Bernstein's clinic. And then passes out like right then and there. And it was a good thing he was able to make it then because like he would have died from that poison basically. Which just will show how deadly some of the villains that might be kind of goofy actually are very deadly and dangerous. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about Lion Fang, because like, yeah, he, he was kind of a dangerous villain is that like, oh yeah, he just dies at the end of the issue. The one cool villain we had is just like, yeah, he's just like, he's just dead now. They've brought back Lion Fang. I, I saw, like looked it up. Like he, they brought back Lion Fang They've not like talked about like yo Lion Fang, weren't you dead? Like just they don't talk about it at all. Three appearances in the entirety of like Marvel comic books. This is <laughs> so next time you're talking about like comic books with your, with your buddies and what you bring up Lion Fang. Like no one knows who's the crap to talk about. This this is definitely a, a an unknown villain. He does not get his own episode though because he he <laughs> <laughs> he was in three issues, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. For the Lion Fang fans, hopefully, if we gotta scream loud enough, maybe we'll make an episode. But it's, it's not happening. He's not getting an episode. We'll, we'll be covering the Black Mantis and the Electros, but for now, no. But it's just definitely, we need more Luke Cage in our lives because he's just an amazing character. He's on par with Falcon, Black Panther, um, and any other character that you can name when it comes to Black history. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah, so later on the episode, we'll be talking about like the television show and we're talking about Luke Cage and more of like his modern comic books and his relationship with kind of other characters. So look forward to that later on. So honestly, one of Luke Cage's best love interests in the comics is Jessica Jones. She's a superhuman. She has um, flight. She has super strength. And she has been a part of Luke's life in the comic history for a while. Jessica first appeared in the Alias comic book by Brian Michael Bendis. And Bendis actually did a whole lot for Luke's character because I want to say like after like the the like 80s and 90s like in the two, 2000s basically they we really didn't see Luke Cage like kind of at all and Bendis was the first one to like really bring the character back into relevance and put him into a new perspective where he was brought to the forefront as a legit superhero that could hold his own yep so he appeared as a supporting character in the alias book 
as a bartender, like how he is in the Jessica Jones uh, Netflix show. And then they eventually have a child together, which is Luke's daughter. Danielle Cage. Who, like they, they're doing a little bit with, but you know what, that, that's still a character they haven't, like definitely used the full potential of uh, for us. We might see her like way later down in the future. She might get a future episode, like way, way in the future there. So, and she takes after her dad in powers. So it just shows how amazing Luke's genes are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also as well another um, person in Luke's life not only just Jessica but Iron Fist is another character that is heavily in Luke's life yeah Danny Rand the Iron Fist yeah that, they, they, Danny Rand and Iron Dan, Danny Rand and Luke Cage are like some of my favorite like duos and comic books just just they have so much like banter and whatnot of, of Luke generally being like kind of like the straight man and Danny like doing all this mystical nonsense. They're a really fun duo. And they're perfect together because they balance each other out. And you see like Luke is very street smart, but Danny Rand's very like business, but sometimes can be very funny and comedic. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that yeah they didn't they didn't start off as friends though power man iron power man uh, issue 47 is the first time we actually get like uh Luke Cage interacting with the with Missy Knight, with uh, Colleen Wing and Iron Fist, like all in that that one issue. And typical Marvel fare, th- he's antagonistic because like we can't have superheroes just, just, just being friends from the beginning. No, they gotta, they gotta fight. And I was surprised, like they really, like they really make Luke Cage into the villain in these, in, in these two, uh, what is that? Like issue 47 to issue 50. So there's th- those three issues. Like, like Luke, Luke is, Luke is kind of scary in those ones. You see how devastating Luke can be is if he was determined bad, Luke could literally destroy a lot of people just with just his bare hands. I mean, and, and of course it was like some super villain plot, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> Luke didn't just suddenly turn bad, but I really liked the, the recent Power Man and Iron Fist series we got in like, I guess that's not super recent now, but in like 2015 with uh like like those two it's like a modern modern telling this of, of those two characters where it's it's just them doing the classic heroes for hire stuff and we get like danny's really wacky in that series and luke cage gets some like new catchphrases that i definitely like and the art's really good yeah it's it's a it's a good time what about you tessian I would say the team up that they honestly, I would say 2015 too, because that was honestly where I first delved into comic books. I would say like around 2013, 2014. And I feel like reading the Defenders books and reading like a lot of the, the Power Man Office books. So I would pretty much say that first is like one to five issue run that they did for Power Man Iron Fist. I think that was that was my favorite. Yeah, but this is definitely a duo who's had a whole bunch of just like really good stuff. So it's it's really hard to go wrong with with Power Man and Iron Fist, honestly. Yes. So honestly, the show, to get into the actual, speaking of, we talked about Jessica Jones in the Netflix series earlier, but we do have some episodes of Luke Cage that do have Power Man and Iron Fist in it. And I think that they're kind of, they definitely gave us a little bit of the comics. I think that they- They gave us a taste. Like they gave us of like, here's what could have been guys, yeah. Exactly. And I think that I feel like they definitely should have renewed the Netflix shows or at least brought them to Disney Plus now that Disney Plus is a thing. I think they should have definitely rebooted a lot of the characters and put them, you know, with the same actors and gave us more in-depth stories. So little 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 spoilers for the most recent Spider-Man movie, but we did we did see Daredevil in there. So, you know, yes. I think there's there's still like a little bit 
we, there's like a still a little, little bit of hope that what we can still see um, Luke at least. I don't I don't think a lot of people like the Iron Fist show. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think we can see Luke though. <laughs> I definitely hope that Luke can return, especially if um, Daredevil can. Especially we've seen him like Vincent said in Spider Man No Way Home. So definitely it would be nice to see Luke return, to see Jessica return. It definitely people don't like Iron Fist, so he might be from a multiverse. <laughs> But, but let's get a better one guys yeah exactly so so oh, cool. sorry just, just one thing i wanted to just bring up before we like move topics uh, is that like luke has always hated like the costume mm-hmm. like he's always thought like the costume is silly like he got his costume in, like a costume shop basically it's like in the 70s luke is like this is kind of whack guy and then in modern times luke just basically just wears like a yellow t-shirt and stuff like a silk silk it's always silk, silk yellow t-shirt. And that's another like Bendis kind of thing. Like like Luke stopped wearing the costume in like the, the alias run. And that's kind of continued up into modern, modern times. Which I think is a brilliant take on Luke Cage, because I do think that when you look at his outfit as a superhero costume, it definitely shows anybody can be a superhero. As well yeah. as, as as well as just in general, with just showing how Luke is an average guy as well. Like you can meet a Luke Cage in real life. Maybe not without the superpowers, mm-hmm. but you can meet a root cage in personality and just in general the sense of humor, the 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 one in you right, the the showing his passion for for his community and his neighborhood. He definitely shows that he is a superhero even without powers. Yes. So definitely, I definitely love that his costume isn't an actual suit; it's an actual every day you can wear this outfit. <laughs> Um, to move topics, definitely out of him leading, because Lucas also speaking of community, he has led teams of like the new Avengers. Yeah, so another 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 Bendis thing here. Bendis wrote the New Avengers book, and Luke Cage like does end up taking over that that team. He does a really good job with it because yeah, that, that's the kind of skill set we hadn't really seen like Luke really use is his leadership skills but he absolutely has them i thought that that was really cool exactly especially because you don't see a lot of black male characters lead teams as well as just be leaders in general so to see luke lead the avengers like the actual avengers main team is something spectacular yeah and then luke also has led some other teams like one of my favorite like luke cage stories is the thunderbolts team where he led basically these these crooks and like try to try to give like a little redemption for them it's like the suicide squad but like we actually kind of care about the the villains like we don't want them to die like luke is like i want you guys to improve because luke cage like yeah he he got some redemption himself so he wants to be able to give that to other people so seeing luke in that kind of capacity helping out like people (laughs) helping out kind of like super villains and stuff i thought was was a really cool take on the character and definitely showed again like another side of luke that really we don't always get to see like some of the compassion he has for even like some of the care even some of these villain characters i thought that was really cool exactly and i think it shows that luke just genuinely cares for people and he wants people to have second chance because he got a second chance yeah it wasn't always perfect in his life so he wants to show like hey if i can do it so can somebody else so you can catch luke recently in the recent comics doing yeah luke luke well <laughs> luke is seen in devil's reign which is a marvel event that happened like in the past I guess like few months and at the end of it spoiler alert but luke cage does become the mayor of new york so 
yeah, you'll 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 be seeing a lot more Luke Cage probably, and a lot more of the like the the Daredevils, the Moon Knights, kind of these these street level characters. If if Luke doesn't get a book, hopefully, we'll fingers crossed, we'll be seeing more Luke Cage in the comic books, and hopefully, the movies soon. Yes, <laughs> or at least give, 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 him a, give him a TV show. You know, yes, give, him, give, give him a TV, give him another TV show. That'd be rad. <laughs> yes, give him another show, definitely. Um, you can talk about season one because I hate it. So I'm gonna let you kind of handle that because I'll talk more season two because I love season two. But I actually really like the barbershop scenes. I thought that those were like really, really um, like cool scenes. Uh, we don't we don't really get to see that in like superhero stuff really of just like some really like kind of authentic kind of African American conversations. That was really rad. It, exactly. it felt like really like the the writers and everything like freaking knew what the crap they were talking about which is really cool exactly it showed you a sense of community and like real life it took realism and put it in a fictional show i didn't like diamondback uh yeah that was not not one of my uh favorite kind of villains we've had in the netflix shows well honestly i think diamondback was very corny I like that they gave him this. The suit was kind of, it was, I liked it kind of, because I think it, I liked how campy and corny it was, because it is a superhero show. So you have to have some corniness. So yeah. I actually enjoyed the whole fight scene and the whole, like the build up. I liked it. But I think definitely Diamondback was corny for sure. I think one character definitely wasn't corny was Luke Cage himself. Michael Colt did an amazing job playing the character. Just, yes. I, I think he really embodied. Like everything I liked about Luke, like the intelligence, like the strength. But he, like, I feel like Luke is the kind of character who, yeah, he definitely is strong. But a lot of his strength is him in restraint, is him not actually showing how strong he is a lot of the time. So exactly. I thought that was really cool. Definitely Luke's emotions as well. Just how you can see how he operates and how he moves throughout his life. You really get to see him as a full-fledged character like he has development to also add to vincent's point too as well i think definitely michael did an amazing job and honestly i can't see them recasting luke cage yeah no i don't think they should recast luke cage because (laughs) michael because definitely michael is luke cage to me he will be luke cage until he gets older i feel like and then they can recast but for right now this generation Luke Cage should be played by Mike Colton, period. 100%. To add to that point, let's talk about his other villains in the show. We have Shades and Black Mariah. We'll talk about them when we get to season two in the next part. But for so far, we're seeing the arc to build them to season two. So what do we think about Black Mariah and Shades in season one of Luke Cage? I definitely did like Black Mariah. I thought she was I thought she was good throughout season one. I thought I thought that like they definitely we got to see like a little bit of villainous here and there and then like just go, goes full-on villain um like later on in this like <laughs> later on in the show especially like when she just 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 freaking just murdered the heck out of cottonmouth it was like it was not even like a quick death it was just mass 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 yeah that was that was pretty brutal that was pretty villainous um, yes. yeah I, I i did like black mariah I think Black Mirror as a villain is beautiful, fascinating, interesting, depth. I think she was just a a great villain. I think she's just truly, I think when I think of Luke Cage villain, she's the first that comes to mind, at least for me. Villain and and Luke is Black Mariah because her attitude, the way she carried herself, she, Luke is very strong and very like physical, but the fact that she's a woman she shows she's not scared of Luke. Like she definitely is like, you might be strong, but I could break you mentally. I could break you in other ways that you 
may not be able to to come back from. So I think her as a villain actually became scary because you understand like she has power. She might not have physical power like Luke, but she definitely could do some damage. Yes, absolutely. Shades as a character, speaking of Black Mara, her love interest in the show, at least in kind of the teasing in the first season and the second season, he was decent. He wasn't how he was in the comics, which is very, I feel like he was very solo, dolo, very on his own villain. So I think definitely, I think Shades could have had more development for himself to kind of be more villainous. I, I definitely agree with that. Shades didn't really leave. Like, I wasn't really disappointed with Shades. So I, I, still, I don't think I care enough, but like he, I felt like he was just kind of around. I wasn't like angry when I saw him. I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's Shades there. Exactly. Uh, Reva basically Luke's uh, wife as well. We know her from the comics. She does make a few appearances in the first season. So that was nice to see that they did take a lot of the comic book history. As well as we get to see Claire. Uh, we don't see Jessica in the actual Luke Cage series. We do see Luke and Jessica more in, in the Jessica Jones series. But for sure, his main love interest is Claire on Luke Cage. So how do we feel about that? I personally was not a fan as much. I was, I was okay with it. Um... I think this is kind of funny that uh, Claire gets to be in like all of the Netflix stuff. She just gets to transition from like show to show. Um, I thought it was kind of, I was, I, I was surprised when I saw her in Luke Cage. Um, I was, I was, I was okay with their relationship. I didn't think it was like great or anything. It was okay. Yeah, definitely. Me personally, I definitely would have loved to see Jessica actually show up in Luke Cage. Cause I think that was definitely a missed opportunity, especially with the history and kind of how Brian Michael Bendis kind of brought Luke back with the Jessica Jones character. I feel like it would have been a nice flip to kind of see Luke, at least for one episode, interact with Jessica Jones in his own show. I think that would have been nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I know they were building two defenders. We know, all know how that turned out. <laughs> exactly. That I feel like that's gonna be a different episode. So we're gonna have like this mini spinoff episode for the, the shows, but let's actually talk about his supporting character as well meaning misty night what do we think misty night yes misty night i thought because okay misty night is like i think like one of those characters who's just like really really cool i think whenever whenever i see misty night in conflict i'm like i, I gotta pick that one up misty night's a really rad character and i thought it was really cool to actually see because like all the misty night stuff in comic books now is like her her doing like heroes for hire stuff it's like like her doing like kind of her own own thing and that's cool but misty night was a cop and like they never really go back to that kind of thing. So I thought it was really cool to see like Missy Knight like actually as a police officer and kind of like what kind of police officer she was. She was like a really good detective. I really enjoyed seeing her. Uh, I think like one, one of my favorite sequences scenes was, was her like like interacting with all the kids like playing basketball and stuff. Yeah. Just just I thought Missy, I thought they did a really good job with 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 Misty. I was really impressed. Yes, I definitely agree. I think Misty Knight was a shining star in that show. I think she supported Luke perfectly. I think she was a perfect sidekick, even though she hates that word. She hates that name and doesn't <laughs> want to be a sidekick, but she is a sidekick. Because as Luke said in season two, it's my show as he breaks the fourth wall. So I definitely love to see Misty by his side because definitely she can hold her own. I love the scenes with her Misty vision, as they call it. And yeah, her those are fun, yeah. So definitely showing her detective skills. I definitely loved all that. The Judas Bullets. Now, for the Judas Bullets in season one, I despise them. 
I thought that they could have had something else that could have took Luke out. I just didn't like the fact that it was kind of like he had all this pain and like it, it just it, it hurt his skin. I just thought it was really corny. I didn't like it. It wasn't my Me, favorite. it felt just like really kind of comic book. It was like, oh man, I'm like bulletproof. Well, here's bullets that go through bullets. It's like it's like kryptonite basically. I, I was I was okay with it. I don't think it's like great writing, but it, it, it felt like comic book writing, guys. So I didn't really have an issue with. Exactly. And I feel now I do I do disagree. I think that it could have been better. I like that it had the comic book aspects, but I think just having it be his kryptonite kind of made it stereotypical in the sense. Because I feel like with Luke, Luke isn't Superman. I feel like they kind of need to have his character mix it up and just do something different and unexpected and kind of like non-predictable, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Give the viewers like something where they could just be kind of like wow that was so unique like we've never seen anything like this before like if they had like a smoke bomb or some type of thing that they could have did like a, you know like a, some type of energy some type of thing to take him out would have been nice to see other than like this bullet especially I think I get where they were trying to go with the context because in real life we do see a lot of police brutality we do see bullets and, and like people actually getting murdered and killed which is terrible I didn't like how dark this show did kind of go with that it was like let's kind of keep it light which we'll get to season two and why I like season two so much but definitely the Judas bullets weren't my favorite thing so and Cheryl knows because from a conversation we've had I definitely have told him it was not my favorite part of the show so season two of Luke Cage I love season two I think it was brilliant I think it was fascinating. I think just to see Luke in his element, because I feel like with season one, Luke was in hiding. He couldn't really show his true identity. He was like, you know, I'm trying to like, he was wearing a lot of hoodies, which I couldn't stand. I was like, I want to get that yellow t-shirt ready. Like I'm ready for the yellow t-shirt, you know, but um, he was trying to hide who he was because he didn't want people to find out his identity that he escaped um, the prison. We kick it off. We kick the door down first episode. People know who Luke Cage is. Like, yeah. And he's like basically a hero for hire. He's like, people love him. They're like, hey, it's Luke. Like he's he's for the community and the community loves Luke. And that's beautiful to see black kids taking pictures with Luke and him smiling and just being really happy and showing off his strength, doing fun activities and stuff with people at the park and showing him throwing tires and running and doing like races and stuff, showing how strong he is. And it just being fun and carefree. It's just beautiful to see. So starting off with season two, I fell in love with season two. So I I, I just, I just love the, the, the Iron Fist episode a lot. Like, like okay. just those, those two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as well for season two, we see Bushmaster as well coming in as the villain. I thought Bushmaster was a great villain. I liked his motivations. I love that he he showed determination. I love that he showed like he was very capable. He showed that he he could honestly go toe to toe with Luke Cage. I like that. Finally, we also did show somebody that had the physical strength to match Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that. But as well, I like, too, that it didn't go too far in villainy because, as again, I love the uplifting of Black when they're coming together and we see Bushmaster kind of wanting to team up with Luke and be like, hey, let's be partners. Like, this, we don't have to fight. Like, we could just take the whole world by storm. I love seeing that. We see them team up and just beat the crap out of all these people that were basically trying to frame Bushmaster due to Black Mariah because basically she paid some people to basically frame 
Bushmaster and basically Bushmaster and Luke basically wreck house. And we just have this epic action scene of just like, you see Bushmaster's Kung Fu and all of his karate. Oh, that's, that, and, scene, that scene was really, that scene was yes, nuts. Yes, and we see the power dynamics because they would be epic as partners. And I honestly, I'm popular fan, but kind of want to see a spinoff show of like Bushmaster being <laughs> his Iron Fist and Luke being Luke. Cause like, it just was so cool to see like them teaming up. And then you see like, we grab somebody and then like you see Bushmaster do a flip over kick it just the, the sheer fact that you see them like kind of working as a tag team duo of just like you see Luke basically using his strength and like his very grounded fighting versus Bushmaster's airy martial arts background it just was a beautiful just to witness that so yes definitely my favorite scene I feel like out of the entire series and favorite moment for sure for season two that was that was yeah, that was probably my favorite as well. It was, it was not. It was. <laughs> it really was good. And I think too, it just it showed how much like I feel like the show had evolved and changed as well because you do see Luke's confidence. You see him basically not being as shy to show his strength. You do see, and Bushmaster was just introduced as a person that just didn't care about other people's opinions. He was just gonna be him. So I love to see them both kind of just go back and forth and kind of basically compliment each other perfectly. Let's talk about Misty Knight in season two. I loved her having her arm. Yeah, her signature arm kicking butt as well, just showing like she could hold her own in the field as well with Luke and Bushmaster and all the other supporting characters in the show. So it was nice to also see them team up. Not as cool as Bushmaster, and Luke, but, <laughs> but definitely I like that as well. I like that moment too, as well, seeing Luke Cage and Mr. Knight team up and showing their relationship and kind of how Misty's like, I can basically go toe to toe with you too. Basically, like I'm not your sidekick. So <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd watch a Mr. Knight's. I'd watch watch a misty night like spinoff show i'd I'd watch i'd watch that so black mariah in luke season two is a queen like yes queen of her throne as also i love the painting foreshadows as you see the crown above her head like definitely she is reigning over harlem you just see her power her influence and you see her basically taking luke down a peg or two without having to take him out strength-wise. I love those kind of villains. Like, like that's why I think Lex Luthor works so well, is that, like, you know, Superman's all physical. And Lex is like, I don't really have to do that. I think that when you have that kind of a villain who doesn't have to, like, match you physically, but can, like, get at you in other ways, I think is always really interesting. Exactly. And I think that goes back to, she's kind of, not to compare characters, but definitely she gives a lot of kingpin energy, definitely, for sure. Kingpin definitely shows like he doesn't have to always use his brawn. He definitely is still a businessman, still first and foremost. And you definitely see that with Black Mariah, her using a lot of her business smarts and her just her techniques and everything that she brings to the table. Yeah, oh, yeah. I do want to say though, um, I, mean, I thought the soundtrack for Luke Cage was freaking phenomenal. I love the Luke Cage theme. I thought the music throughout was just just really really good. That was definitely like one of my favorite aspects of the show was the yeah. was the music there. So as a music person myself who loves music, who collects music, who makes music, I love the score. I love the the original tracks that they did for Luke Cage. The music for Luke is just spectacular. So I agree with Vincent one hundred and ten percent with that. Like. <laughs> Defenders is that that might be like one of my most besides Iron Fist. I feel like Defenders Defenders Link is like more disappointing because I love Iron Fist like as yeah. a character in comic books, but like Defenders, I thought they did such a good job like building up to it, except for Iron Fist, and then like and then it <laughs> happened, and then it's like okay, like the first few episodes are like pretty good, like like we have like all the camera and stuff, like um 
all of all the camera work I thought for like the earlier episodes where it's like, oh yeah, that's how Jessica Jones show looks and like, oh yeah, that's the color scheme Luke Cage has. I thought that all that stuff was really cool. But yeah, overall, that was it was not a, a, a really um not a really good show. I didn't I, I definitely thought the interactions were like meh. I thought I thought like that's exactly. why I was so happy to have like the um the Luke Cage episode in the Iron Fist show was to uh like we have, we finally have these two together, like doing their thing and like really bouncing off each other. Because exactly. I didn't think we really got that like too much in Defenders. They they act like they just met in the Defenders, and it's yes. kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. Like, oh hey, it's like very afterthought. Like, oh hey, it's like wait, just hey, you guys have history. Like you, Luke has been in. It's not like Luke Cage had a one-off episode in Jessica Jones. Like, no, he definitely was like in almost all thirteen episodes. I think of Jessica Jones, if not twelve. Yeah. So it was weird to see like he's in every single one. Yet and still, <laughs> then defenders. He's kind of just like, oh yeah, hey, this chick who I was in twelve episodes of her series. I'm just saying, hey, too, and like we just met. So defenders uh, basically wasn't really that good of an introduction to Luke. It definitely didn't show his true potential as the tv shows did so definitely when you look to luke cage content definitely watch seasons one and two of luke cage more of season two for my recommendation and if you want to read more about luke cage especially if you if you thought like luke cage like being on a team was interesting you definitely want to check out uh bendis's new avengers and the the thunderbolts run in like 2010s it's uh yeah luke, luke cage has been in a whole bunch of just good stuff you're not lacking in good luke cage content yes so you can definitely drown in the content because luke is definitely a character that you should know definitely underappreciated but he honestly makes up for that when you look at his content and look at how dope he is as a character